if I told you it was completely abnormal to feel like shit or feel pain while you're PMSing? What if I told you that there are other solutions out there other than birth control and a lot of it is tied back to your gut and what you're doing in your lifestyle? What if all of your period pains could just go away if you fixed those things? Yeah, you heard me. It's possible. I actually talk with Dr. Saru. She is a integrative women's health doctor. She specializes in period pain solutions and PMS, and she walks us through everything that you should be considering if you are having very intense periods or if you feel like poop, you know, while or before your period. Um, A lot of it is tied to things that you wouldn't actually expect. Hey Slay Nation, we are back with another episode of the So She Slays podcast. I'm your host, Heather, and I'm here with Dr. Saru. I am so stinking excited to talk to you today. Like, oh my gosh. Um, She is an integrative women's health doctor. She deals with PMS, period pain solutions. She does, she's the whole shebang. I mean, I highly recommend you go follow her on Instagram because uh, I started following her and this is why she's on the podcast. (laughs) Cause I was like, tell me all the things, please. So introduce yourself. Awesome. Yes. My name is Dr. Saru Bala. Um, I'm a licensed naturopathic physician. I specialize in women's hormonal health. My um, area of focus is really in regulating your hormones, fixing your period problems without having to use birth control. Cause I know so many people don't want to be on it. So many people tried it, they hated it, or that's their only solution. And they're like, I just want something else. So that is really my area of focus is helping those people, um, figure out what they can do with their body, with their diet, with their lifestyle, with all of the other resources that we have to make sure that your periods are as easy as they can be. Oh my gosh. That I feel like is folklore right there. I don't even know. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing to make periods easy? Uh, it is. It is, because, I promise. And that's actually the topic of today is, you know, we are living, I myself included, we're living in this world where it's like, I've just always dealt with insane cramps or super moodiness or very tired or my back hurts. Like, all of the things I'm sure our audience can relate to. Now you're over here preaching the opposite, that this is not normal, that there's Mm -hmm. ways to fix this. Can you please enlighten me? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So with PMS, with period pain, there's always a root cause. I mean, that's with anything, right? Not just PMS and period pain with anything, but with PMS and period pain, there's something that's causing it. There's something that's causing those headaches or migraines or mood swings or fatigue or pain or cramping or breast tenderness all of that. There's, there's something that's causing it. Usually, um, what we normally have going on in our period cycles is this ebb and flow of estrogen and progesterone. Um, sometimes for some people that estrogen just gets out of control. It's a little bit too high. It's not where we want it to be. Um, or, and, or that progesterone in your luteal phase isn't as adequate as we want it to be to kind of oppose that estrogen. A lot of times I see a combination of both your estrogen's really high and your progesterone's not high enough to meet that demand of how high your estrogen levels are. So 
that's when we start to see those symptoms, right? If you notice that you have those PMS symptoms, particularly um, the few days or the week before you start your period, again, that's that estrogen being a little bit too high. If you notice that right before you start your period or right before you ovulate, that triggers headaches and migraines for you, again, that estrogen, because right before you ovulate, your estrogen drops again as well. And right before you start your period, your estrogen drops again. So that big drop, if your estrogen is really high and we have to go from really high to really low, that's usually what triggers those symptoms in a lot of people. Um, and it can also trigger recurrent vaginal infections. It can uh, trigger like yeast infections, BV, that kind of stuff, UTIs for some people. So it can trigger a lot of different things. Um, and that's really what it comes down to is what's going on with your hormones. Other factors, especially for pain, are going to be prostaglandins. So prostaglandins are, they're chemical-like um, hormones in our, in our body that are responsible for inflammation. We need them in a small degree because they do help to contract your uterus to expel that lining. When we have a period, when we have too much of those prostaglandins, that is what's causing that pain because prostaglandins is, are, are responsible for causing that smooth muscle contraction. So the more you have, the more of that contraction you're going to get. This is also why you get period poops because those prostaglandins that are responsible for contracting smooth muscle well, what else is a smooth muscle? Your colon. So your colon, when you have too much of those prostaglandins, you might notice that you're pooping a lot right before your period or right as soon as your period starts, or you might get diarrhea. All of that is telling me your prostaglandin levels are high, especially if it's combined with that pain. So a few different factors, the, those estrogen and progesterone levels and those prostaglandins are typically what are responsible for pain and PMS. Yeah. Okay. So can you talk me through then like because I know a lot of women now, another reason why I brought you on this podcast too, is because I know a lot of women who just the, the mood swings are so intense right before they start. Like, it's one of those, like, oh my God, I'm super depressed for like days at a time. And then as soon as my period hits, I'm fine. I'm mm -hmm. like perfectly fine. Um, so how, like, obviously, you know, we've just gotten used to it because maybe if you do suffer from that, that's just the normal thing, right? Um, how do we go about fixing that? What is that that's causing these giant mood swings? So the mood swings can definitely be related to progesterone levels yet again. So progesterone can kind of be explained for a lot of things. Um, it's that, that fluctuation. Usually people don't have enough progesterone to help them feel a little bit more stable. Um, the role that progesterone plays in the second half of our, our cycle is that calming, um, that calming effect. We have a progesterone metabolite called, uh, allopregnenolone. And what that does is it binds to your GABA receptors in your brain to help, um, keep you calm, keep you stable, help with anxiety, help with sleep, all of that. If your progesterone levels are low, you're not getting that inhibitory response. You're not getting that calming effect. And estrogen is, is one of your more like upper ish hormones. Mm -hmm. So that's where you're going to feel like really like antsy, more anxious. You're going to feel like you're having mood swings and maybe hot flashes or night sweats, or, um, just feeling really hot in general. All of that is, is because of that estrogen and not having enough progesterone to kind of balance that out. So, okay. So we're kind of presenting like answers now to the reason why we may be feeling, um, X, Y, and Z pain, mental, all of that kind of stuff. It's just the imbalance between, you know, estrogen and proge progesterone, if I could say. Yep. Um, okay. So I mean, our, like, how, how do you go about fixing this or even determining, like, obviously there's an imbalance, but now what? 
Yeah. So figuring out the imbalance, um, is going to be important. And then going from there, is it truly that your estrogen is high? Is it that your progesterone is low? Is it the combo of both? Where do we need to begin? If it is that your estrogen levels are high, we want to start with liver metabolism and gut excretion. So there are two ways that your estrogen gets out of your body. Liver is first going to take that estrogen, package it up, metabolize it, send it out for excretion in your liver or sorry, in your gut and your kid, uh, in your kidneys. And you either pee it out or poop it out. So if you have gut issues and you're not pooping regularly, if you are pooping too much, if you have diarrhea, if you have gas, if you have bloating, if you have constipation, if you have irregular poops, if you have um, indigestion, acid reflux, any gut issues are triggering to me in conjunction with those PMS symptoms, in conjunction with heavy bleeding and, and other period stuff that your estrogen is probably not getting cleared out effectively. So that's always where I like to start because even if your liver is doing its thing perfectly, when we, and it's sending it out for excretion. If you're not getting rid of it, then what's the point? It's going back into circulation, right? So we really want to make sure that not only is your liver metabolizing those estrogens, your body is also excreting those estrogens. Um, I see this a lot, um, especially with people with endometriosis, they also have gut issues and that estrogen is what stimulates those endometrial lesions, right? That's what's making that endometriosis worse. It's what's worsening the pain. And so when we work on the gut piece, when we can get them pooping regularly, when we can get rid of that gas and bloating, they start to feel better. Their pain goes down. They don't have pain in between their cycles. They don't have pain with their periods because we're getting rid of all that estrogen that is causing that endometriosis to worsen. Of course, it depends on the degree of your endometriosis, but usually like mild to moderate endometriosis can definitely be improved when we work on those gut excrete, that gut excretion of um, your estrogen. I had no clue that your gut was so completely tied to your PMS. Totally. Yes. I think that's one of those things that a lot of people are like, wait, what does my poop have to do with my hormones? Legit though. I mean, I, I would have, why, <laughs> why? Yeah. yeah. Cause you're, that's how your hormones are getting excreted. Right. So, um, if you're not, if you're not getting rid of that estrogen, it's getting put back into circulation. There's a lot of research to show that dysbiosis or the, um, the imbalance of the good bacteria to the bad bacteria in your gut can actually cause issues with that estrogen metabolism. So that's where we see dysbiosis is going to lead to all those gut issues. And those gut issues is going to lead to hormonal issues. Okay. It all comes back to the gut. Interesting. Um, what about, you know, how do you go about helping people, um, that want to take care of their periods without, birth control and, and managing all that, or even coming off of birth control. Cause I think that's another thing too. Um, yes. So I do work a lot with people who are trying to get off of birth control. That is a lot of the people that come to me. They're like, I'm afraid to get off of birth control. What am I supposed to do? I don't want to have these horrible periods again, but I also don't want to be on the birth control. Cause I know that's also causing symptoms. And then they just feel stuck. So that's a lot of what I work with. Um, and what I like to say is we start with the gut. We start with gut. We start with liver metabolism. We start with your sleep. We start with your stress levels. We start with your diet and your nutrition. All of those pieces are things we work on. And then once you've kind of gotten a feel for that, then I'm going to say, get off of birth control because your periods should start to get um, a little bit more regular, a little bit less painful. For the most part, most people don't have trouble with that. Um, 
if they can be pretty consistent with, you know, they're, they're eating better, they're sleeping better, they're pooping regularly. We've worked on all these pieces. So now their, their body is able to metabolize all their hormones. It's able to excrete those hormones. They don't have other sources of inflammation coming from their gut, coming from their stress levels, coming from their cortisol being all over the place, coming from their insulin being all over the place. So then they get off of birth control and their period just goes right back to doing its thing the way that it needs to be. So, um, working on all those pieces before you get off of birth control, we can do that. Um, or if you get off of birth control and then we work on it, we can do that too. So it really just depends on where you're at, how desperate you are to get off of birth control versus not. So I like to kind of meet people where they're at. If you want to wait to get off of it, we wait a couple of months, or if you want to get off of it right away, we can do that too. Okay. So I know a lot of people are like, okay, well, what if you're not my doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm still having these horrendous period, you know, pains, these, this intense PMS, what do I tell my doctor? How, how do I know? I like, how do I go to my doctor and be like, how do I get help with this? It's hard. It's hard. I will say finding an integrative provider is going to be really important because if your doctor isn't trained in integrative therapies, they're not going to be able to help you in integrative therapies, right? You can ask them all the questions. You can tell them you don't want birth control, but if they don't have other solutions to offer you, they're going to keep going back to the same solution they've been giving you, which is birth control or a hysterectomy or get pregnant, right? <laughs> or pain medication or antidepressants. Just, so, you know, just take some Midol or something. You'll right, be fine. Okay. Right. Right. So if they don't have those other tools in their toolbox, they're going to be limited on what they're going to give you as an answer. Um, so finding somebody that is able to work more in alignment with your goals is obviously going to be very important. Um, so that's always what I like to say, because I can tell you which labs to get done. I can tell you what questions to ask, but it's up to your provider. If your provider's like, I don't know what to do with these labs. I don't know what this means. If it's elevated, I don't know what it means if like to order this lab, it, it doesn't help you. Right. Like you can, you can, well, because then they it. don't know how to read it. Right. Like, right. They like if they don't know what to do with it, they're like, why am I checking these things? Because it doesn't matter to me if this is elevated, they don't know what to do with it because there's not a medication for it. There's not, you know, an X, like a, um, a, a protocol for it. So that's where that, that integrative medicine kind of comes in because a lot of the things that I look for, I look at insulin, I look at your thyroid, I look at your thyroid antibodies. A lot of providers don't test thyroid antibodies because they're like, well, you know, there's no medication for it. There's no medication for it, but there's a lot of diet and lifestyle changes that we can make to help lower those antibodies. And guess what? I see so often people with thyroid antibodies that are elevated are the ones that are having really heavy bleeding and a lot of period pain as well. Mm. So, so once we work on that, again, that gut health, once we can lower that inflammation, once we can stop your body from attacking your thyroid and lower that inflammation, lower those antibodies, your thyroid function is going to be better. Your hormones are going to be better. Your periods are going to be better. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's definitely a trickle down effect. So integrative doctor for sure, when it comes to women's health, but also too, what are the top, you know, I would say solutions that you have for people who with PMS, like hardcore pains, if they can't get to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, addressing that gut health is going to be really important. And the way that I like to do that is making sure you're pooping every day. 
So fiber is going to be huge because fiber is what feeds the bacteria in our gut. If you have dysbiosis and there's a, you know, some issues with bloating or gas or constipation or loose stools, um, your estrogen isn't getting cleared effectively, right? So we want to make sure that we're feeding that good bacteria that's in there. And the way that it gets fed is, is fiber. So it's going to be really important to make sure you're getting a variety of fiber from legumes, from vegetables, from fruits, from grains, um, wherever you can get it, because that's what we, the food, uh, the bacteria in your gut, uh, thrives off of. So that's going to be really important. I typically like to say a cup of, of fiber, a cup of veggies with every single meal, mm. um, is, is a great place to start that in and of itself can change so much for people, especially if you have gut issues. Um, so that's a good place to start. Water intake is another really underrated one. I can't tell you how many people have come to me being like my PMS symptoms went away. My headaches went away because I drink more water. Um, let me just simply solve this yes yeah actually today I saw someone she was uh she'd been coming to me because she's like I get sick really often I get a lot of headaches and migraines I asked her how much water she's drinking she's like half a cup to maybe one cup a day and I was like girl you are dehydrated so let's get you drinking more water and then she came back a month later and she was like yeah, all my problems went away. I was like, good. I'm glad. I'm, <laughs> like, glad I'm so that happy that was such a simple fix. <laughs> I mean, we obviously did more things, but that was a big one that we did. Um, so don't underestimate how much water can do for you because even 1% dehydration in your body can lead to brain fog, headaches, inability to concentrate, mood swings, um, irritability, like all of those PMS type symptoms might just be that you're dehydrated. So drink a little bit more water. Um, I like to shoot for about a hundred ounces a day. I know a lot of people don't quite get that. So that's going to be your goal, um, for drinking water, obviously check with your doctor. If you're on certain medications, that might be too much, but on average about hundred ounces a day, a cup of, um, a cup of veggies with each meal. And then on top of that, I also really like to focus on sleep. Sleep is going to affect your gut health. Surprisingly. Um, imagine that. Of course, what's that? I said, imagine that it's all, I know, right. <laughs> So a lot of people I know are having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, or they feel really wired when they're trying to fall asleep. And then they're um, really exhausted when they wake up in the morning and they just repeat that cycle over and over feeling tired all day and wired all night and not getting quality sleep. So if you're not getting sleep, you're not getting that rest and digest parasympathetic activation. And that is where all the blood flow comes to your gut. You get to recover all of that. So if you're not getting good sleep, you're not recovering. Um, and that's going to affect your gut health too. So really addressing your sleep, making sure that you are consistent with your bedtimes, consistent with your wake times, getting restorative sleep, feeling refreshed when you wake up in the morning, all of that's going to be even more helpful for your gut health. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed when you have like a few nights of bad sleep and your stomach just hurts and you're like, I don't want to eat. Yeah. Yeah, You're not hungry. You're not hungry. You feel just gross. You don't want to eat anything again. That's that you're not getting that good, um, restorative sleep. You're not getting that parasympathetic activation, that blood flow to your gut is decreased. That's going to cause more dysbiosis. So believe it or not, sleep is affecting your gut and your gut is affecting your hormones. (laughs) It's a chain reaction. You guys, (laughs) Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about the services that you offer and how you help, um, you know, deal and find answers for all of these questions. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Um, I, I, if you're here in Phoenix, I see people in person in my office one-on-one. I also have a PMS group coaching program, and that is where I work with pretty much everyone that is not here in person. Um, we have visits together one-on-one, and then every single week I meet with you for an entire six months, um, in small groups of like four to five people. And this is what we talk about. You know, how are you doing with all the changes that we talked about? I order labs for you. We review those labs together. We talk about what we need to do for estrogen metabolism, for gut health, for nutrition, for your sleep. How can we get a good bedtime routine? How can we talk about a morning routine? How can we, um, figure out what you're eating so that you're getting enough protein and getting enough fiber and getting enough water? Um, what do we need to do as far as supplements? Are there certain supplements that we can add in? to kind of help promote everything that we're talking about. How do we uh, make sure that you are falling asleep easily and staying asleep through the night? All of these things, we check in every single week to make sure that you understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, and that you're making good progress. And usually by, usually within the three month mark, most people are noticing that their PMS and pain have improved. Yeah. And even for the people that are, I think, coming off of birth control too, um, you know, I'm going to speak from experience. I, I mean, I've been on birth control since I was like 13 because my periods are irregular, you mm-hmm. know, having like two per month. Mm. Um, and so that was the solution to, you know, and it's worked thus far, but as you know, an adult, we're reading more and more about, you know, what this does, what, you know, what birth control does to you. And so, you know, I have been dabbling in the idea of like, okay, well, like, what if I get off of it? But I also know I, my body has been so used to it for so long that it might be like hell. <laughs> it could be, it could also be the opposite. So I've seen both happen. I wouldn't be that afraid if you've been on it for a really long time. I've seen it go both ways. I've seen people who are like, I'm afraid to get off of it. And then they get off of it and they're like, oh, it's not as bad as it used to be before I was on birth control because there's a lot of things you've changed in your life over time and things your, your body might be processing your estrogen a little bit better. Your gut might be in a better place than it was when you were 13 years old. So, um, so I wouldn't necessarily say it's going to go right back to where you were before. Um, if, if you've worked on some things, things change, especially if you were on it as a teenager, I would say, um, things can change. So you can always try it out for a couple of months and see where you're at. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, we'll work on that gut health. We'll work on <laughs> you're like, there's other things that we can do other than yes. birth control. Totally. Yes. But I mean, if you want to stay on it, that's totally your, your choice too. I'm never someone that's like, you absolutely have to get off of birth control. Um, if you want to work together, we just can't do everything we want to do together while you're on birth control, but there's still a lot of other things that we can do. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So to wrap this up a little bit more, we also, we gave, um, the lovely audience, some action items as to, you know, the things that they can do to kind of maybe help and see where they are when it comes to their PMS, where can people find you get a hold of you? join this PMS group. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on my website that you can join the program directly from my website. You can schedule a call with me too. If you're like, I don't know if this is a right fit for me. I don't know if I need to work with you. I don't know how we would work together. I'm happy to do like a 20 minute call with you. Um, you can also reach out to me on Instagram, just shoot me a message. You can email me. Um, all of that info is in my Instagram profile or on my website. Amazing. 
Thank you so much for joining us. And I mean, I, that was such a quick little rundown for all of you who are listening. Uh, I highly recommend, you know, you go check her website out, you go check out her Instagram and kind of, I mean, I think she, she definitely hits on things that we haven't had a chance to dive into fully here, but everybody is different. So it's a little hard to kind of, <laughs> you know, give, give an overarching thing other than the top things that probably you've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Slay Nation, hopefully this helps. And until next time, we'll catch you later.